Hello, welcome to another edition of the Hoop Scoop Podcast. My name is Nate with my pod pal, Phil. Hello, all. It's mock time. Yes, we have our first, our first inaugural, inaugural first, that's redundant, our inaugural mock draft. Inaugural first annual. Exactly. 2020 NBA mock draft going over the whole thing. We brought in an expert. He's, he makes his way on Twitter. He's got his own podcast, Richard from Mavs Draft. Richard, it is good to have you on. I'm excited. Hey, I'm, I'm real excited to do this. Uh, been a long time coming. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We had to get some draft content out. We really haven't talked draft much on the pod. We were thinking yeah, about Nathan doing draft. did not want to. Yeah, well, you know, I wanted to wait for the time, and I feel like Sunday, the Sunday before the draft is the time. We'll have this out hot off the press. And it'll be good to go. So we'll do our mock drafts. We'll run through just the first round, I'm thinking. We'll do the first round. Each of us will get one pick. Kind of elaborate on your pick. Talk about, you know, why that player might be a fit for that team. Talk about why you like that player as a prospect. Maybe a player comp if you're feeling it. But, hey, only if you're feeling it. And we'll just <laughs> get going like – we'll get going like – you guys good to go? Yep. Yeah, I just have one counterpoint. For the after we're done with the first, do we each want to throw in one person left over? That could be interesting. I like that. in the second sure. round. Yeah, we'll yeah. we'll throw yeah, we'll, we'll throw some honorable mentions, guys, to watch out for them in the second round. I'm with that. Sounds good. All right, Phil, we're gonna start with you. You're gonna take the first overall. So the Timberwolves are on the clock. Where are you going? Very tough. Not really. I really think a lot of what they're doing is just smokescreen on smokescreen. And they're just going to roll with Anthony Edwards and, you know, call it a day. It's not a lot to go on there. I'm not a big Anthony Edwards fan, but just off of the top three tier, the number one tier top three players, Edwards is the only choice that makes sense. In my opinion, he's more of a Deion Waiters to a Victor Oladipo, but that's just me. So you're going Edwards with one? Yes, sir. Sounds like the GM is not too convinced, though. Uh, <laughs> this draft is not very convincing. Fair enough, fair enough. I think you're going to be more convincing in the later rounds, Phil. You personally. Maybe. It's possible. It's possible. But Edwards, I won. That's personally who, honestly, I think would be a good pick for the Timberwolves. Obviously, there's some question marks about him. Richard, do you have any big thoughts on Edwards? He's a very polarizing prospect. Have you kind of broken down the film? Do you think that would be a good pick at one? Yeah. I mean, he's my number one guy. Um I, I don't like the fit in Minnesota. That's the hard part. It's just like, how does he work there? Because they, they still don't have a lead guard. He's kind of a two, mm-hmm. kind of a one, kind of a three. Like, I don't know what he – that's such a weird fit that – I like the talent, don't get me wrong, but I don't know how it works with Towns and D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, definitely seems like but, all three of them need the ball in their hands and right. them out. But, like, I mean, when you have the number one pick, you, for the most part, unless you have a – you know, like obviously they're not going to go a guy like Towns, but for the most part, like, you got to go best player available, especially when you're the Wolves. Right. You know, you got to swing for the fences. Valid, valid. Yeah, I think Edwards. Obviously, the ceiling is tremendously high, but there's a lot of question marks. As is there for all the prospects in this draft, though. They're 19, 18 year old players, so we'll see how it pans out. I probably would have done the same thing though. Edwards at one. So at two. Gold State Warriors are on the clock. That's you, good I'm sir. I'm gonna go with James Wiseman here. I'm. I know it's me, and I'm. T- I'm taking James. James Wiseman. Wiseman, oh. a weird player to evaluate, just because there's such limited 
footage of him playing meaningful basketball. I mean, he mm-hmm. played what two two college games, three college games three, that yeah. pretty much amounted to nothing. You know, we see him on the AU high school circuit, but those games are not really the best things to look at when we're talking about high level basketball. The talent is there, seven feet tall, has the tools to be a good offensive player, has the tools to be a good shooter. I think that he's a guy who can come in and compete with bigger players from day one just because he's so athletically gifted and has the right. size to do it. We're just going to see how the rest of the skill set pans out. But if there's any organization that I think Wiseman can walk into and they'll be equipped to kind of turn a raw ball of clay, I like to call it, and into a really good basketball player, I think – I hope there State. was a pun intended there. <laughs> if he's going to Golden State with that kind of reference. Roll, yeah, the ball of clay, clay will help it out, but – I think it would be a good situation for him, and I think that's who they would take with the second pick, James Wiseman. All right. Got that, comp? that throws me off. <laughs> Comps, if I had to say player comp, uh, I think there's a little bit of Chris Bosh in there with a little more physicality. Really? That I seems also, like a lefty bias, if you ask me. Maybe. I also honestly, and I'm not saying he's going to be this kind of player, just from a standpoint of where – Joel Embiid was in college. I see a little bit of Joel Embiid too, just with a raw, extremely physically gifted guy who has the talent. Obviously, Embiid is an all-NBA guy. I'm not saying he's going to be that, yeah. but I see some of that in him as well. Right. Definitely not as girthy. All right, Richard, you have Charlotte at three. Man. It seems like wanted Wiseman, but... I wanted Wiseman there. I feel like that makes so much sense for them. Uh, so I'm going to have to go with a different big. I'm going my number two player, Onyeko Kongwu from USC. Uh, I think he's the safest player in the draft, all things considered. Um, still not a huge fan of taking bigs this early, but like you have a guy who is going to be an anchor on defense. Um, even if he's like a below the rim player offensively, he's still going to be a double, double every, like, you know, a threat every single night. Really good defender. I love his passing upside. Uh, not much like out of a live dribble like Bam Adebayo, but same vision, I think. Uh, I love how he can initiate plays from the top, you know, dribble handoffs, make great reads. I'm a big fan. He's my number two player, like I said. And with Charlotte, they get a really sound piece. And that's pretty – that's four pretty solid young guys. I don't know if they necessarily have a a superstar anywhere in there with Devontae, Graham, Bridges, Washington, and Okongwu. But those are four guys that, like, I mean, that's a team that could eventually threaten the eight seed, which is a nice step, I think, in the right direction. Not necessarily this year. Uh, but it sets him up nicely for the 2021 draft to hit the lottery and then put it all together. Valid. Yeah, no, definitely. The Hornets are like very early in their rebuild, so they got to yep. just take whatever you got to take their guy, you know? Yep. I like Okongu a lot. I think that he kind of fits the modern NBA, which is a lot of what I look at. You know, how do they fit in what the NBA is now? Because it's not the same thing that it was five, 10 years ago. And Okongwu really fits that mold of a small ball five who can guard bigger guys, but who can also probably extend a little bit and guard some of those wings as well. He has the mechanics, I think, to be a solid jumper, have a solid jumper one day as well. So, yeah, I like Okongwu. Phil, you're on the clock at four with the Chicago Bulls. Now this makes things interesting because for me, I was expecting LaMelo to be gone. And I know that's kind of, Chicago's in the stage where they're just they'll take again the best player available so I kind of pegged it down to Denny or Killian but I mean with Lamelo available they're just going to roll with him and you know see what happens I don't know I didn't like the idea of getting a guard which is why I had Denny above 
Killian for the Bulls because they have Levine, they have Kobe White, and they, they do have Kendrick Nunn for however much longer that lasts, but he's a very good defensive guard. So who knows where that's going to take them. But, yeah, you just go best player available. Did you say the Bulls have Kendrick Nunn? No, 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 no. Okay. Chris Dunn. Okay, making Sorry. sure, making sure. God. Cool, cool. <laughs> I was like, that didn't sound right, but I was like, no, no, that's good, that's good. So you're going LaMelo at four. Yes, nice. All right, Richard, I got to get your thoughts on LaMelo Ball because I haven't – The world wants to know. – the film religiously. I think he has the talent to be the best player in this draft. I also think there's tremendous question marks because he does so many things – fundamentally wrong on the court but at the same time there's just some skills that you can't teach do you have a feel on Lamelo? i mean i said edwards was a polarizing prospect but Lamelo is equally as polarizing yeah um i i don't know how to make him out because we really don't see six eight point guards who can be a probably walking triple double very often we also don't see six eight point guards that can't shoot defend or really get to the rim at ease come along so it's a he's a super boomer bust guy but I think his talent is I mean in my opinion he's like you know pound for pound he's like the most talented player um but who knows if that'll equate to success so he's a hard one um I think at this point though he's good value he's my number three player so um like if you're a team like Chicago like you really I feel like you don't have a ton to lose by taking him so if he was your third player May I ask where I assuming Wiseman was Mm-mm. not the high, the guy high on your list, where would you So I have Wiseman, Wiseman? At six, Which I know that's kind okay. of uh hypocritical. Uh like cause he's also a mystery box. Uh but I, I truly believe that yeah. he like <clears throat> I believe that he'll at least be playable for quite a while. I don't think he has the bus factor that people are making him out to be. Like his feel is weak, but that doesn't mean he's not gonna stick around. There's plenty of guys that have succeeded with a weak feel for the game. Yeah, definitely. Ray Gunn or Teddy Bear. <laughs> <laughs> valid, valid. Well, I had to get to the Ball thoughts before we move on. So right now, I'm at five with the Cleveland Cavaliers. And Cleveland is just a bizarre team right now. They have their backcourt yeah. theoretically figured out, although neither of them have but they want really more. equal to wins. But they, they took Sexton, they took Garland. So you, you wouldn't think they would go guard here. Besides that, they could really use anything. I'm going to go with Denny Avdija right here at five for Cleveland. The guy who... Teddy Oseman, 2.0. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Same skin tone. But <laughs> besides that, <laughs> besides that, you know, it seems to me he's a guy who is pretty solid in a lot of things, but not really a master of anything yet. I don't know, Richard, is that is that fair to say? I He's, he's got passing skill, but I wouldn't really put him in that LaMelo ball category right. of passing. He's got nice handle for a guy his size, but I don't really know if I call him a point guard. The jumper looks good, but there's still a ways to go. So I think that he has a nice floor for a lot of those skills, but it's going to take him a little bit to really get elite in a, at anything. But for a Cleveland team that needs really anything, I think that he has – the best potential at this spot to be a big time NBA player at five. Yeah. I mean, he's that Swiss army knife. Um, I think he's, he's a kind of rare profile too, because how many two way playmaking forwards do you come off, come across, you know, 
it's a pretty unique role that I, I think teams are going to have a hard time. Personally, in my mock, uh, I have him at two. I think teams will just have a hard time passing up on him. Plus, every year there's the recency bias guy, and I think I just I have a hunch it's going to be him this year. Like, it wouldn't even shock me to see him go number one. Um, I wouldn't put, take him number one personally. Um, I do think for a team like Cleveland, though, I mean, they need defense in every – like, in the most desperate way. Like, for the, every non-LeBron – team they've had over the last 10 years they've been historically bad on defense so i mean it, it's at least a starting point in that direction like i've seen ob top and mock there that is just not okay like <laughs> that does not solve anything yeah 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 yeah, yeah well he... oh i want to throw a comp your way for denny both of you guys i see him more as like a gordon hayward type whether I, if he reaches that or not but just the way he plays he's that playmaking wing He's not agile or shifty, but when he gets in a straight line, he's a very good athlete, but he only has that straight line athleticism, which I think can be good in the right situations, but terrible if, like, he's the point guard, you know? Yeah, I mean, you probably don't want him running the offense, but he can at least capably bring the ball up the floor, make a read. I don't know if he's ever going to get the scoring down. I think that's the biggest concern. Like, I don't know if he ever clips his 15 points per game kind of thing, right. and that's that's even still kind of a high bar. Um yeah, no, I, I, I see where you're getting at, though. Like, it, he's hard to judge. He's really hard to judge. Cool. Yeah. So, at five, we got Denny because of all the reasons listed. Richard, you're on the clock at six with the Atlanta Hawks, who have a lot of young guys at a lot of positions, but it seems like they're not really thrilled with any of them besides Trey Young. Where do you go here with Atlanta? Man, uh, this is hard because Killian Hayes is still there, right? Yes. Man, I want to say him, but yep. I think – I really think they got to stack as much around him. Like, if Denny was there, 100% would be the pick. So, I'm going Isaac Okoro uh, from Auburn as my pick. Yeah, he's – Good pick. I mean, he's built – he has one flaw, one flaw entirely. Like, I really don't see any other areas unless you're just unbelievably nitpicky that he has. Like, I mean, and that's obviously the jump shot. But even then, the the footwork isn't bad, which, in my opinion, feet matter more than – the hands and everything uh, for the most part, like lower body more than upper body. So th- I'm hopeful mm-hmm. he's talented. I think he was a little bit misused. He has the lowest usage, lowage usage of any NCAA prospect in my top 15. He'd fit nice in Atlanta. Um, and if he can become an off ball player, like he's, he's got a ton of upside. Nice. Yeah. Okoro. I mean, admittedly, I didn't really watch a lot. Yeah. No. Where, because you say the big weakness is the jumper. So do you think the rest of his offensive game is sufficient? Because to be, obviously, in today's MB three ball handlers at all times on the court, you know, you can't just have Trey Young be the guy that everybody else kind of watching. That's not just going to be a winning product. Do you think he could ever be that sidekick to where he's an offensive initiator as well? Yeah, I mean, the question for him is, does the jump shot or not having a jump shot impact every one of his other offensive strengths? Because he's a good playmaker. Mm-hmm. He's a good slasher, really good finisher at the rim. It's just will teams sagging off of his jump shot really make that harder to actually use, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good to me. Phil, you got any Okoro thoughts? Um, I mean, right now his jump shot really kind of weighs down, and that's the reason he hasn't been in the four to six range considered, but now he's starting to come back into it. But, yeah, once he if he gets that squared away, like, he's – the sky's the limit. Cool. Okoro at six, the seventh pick of the draft. Phil, you're there with the Detroit Pistons, the lowly just 
dark, miserable Detroit Pistons. What are they doing here? Um, I, I hate to do this to the Knicks, but I'm probably going to have to lean towards Killian because right now it's it's like I know they have some kind of love affair for Patrick <laughs> Williams, which I don't get that much. Uh, when we get there, we'll see what everyone else thinks, I guess. But it's either at this point Killian or Obi. And, like, there's no point unless they know they're making a trade getting rid of Blake to take Obi. So I'm just going to have to roll with Killian. Killian Hayes at seven. Richard, you like Hayes? Yeah, I, I like Sorry. him. I think if there's one player that's not, like, the consensus top three that hits his – that becomes a star, it's probably him. Uh, I just – I like, I love the shot-creating initiator. Uh, shooting, you know, probably defensive potential. He has a lot of star upside. Um, and like you said, I mean, Detroit needs a guard. They have Bruce Brown, and that's pretty much it. So – they need yeah. they need guards more than anything. You're not a fan of the Luke Kennard hype train. I forgot the French I forgot speaking backcourt in New York. I feel like been... this front the new front office has no attachment to him. So <laughs> no, yeah, I know, I know. I actually like Kennard more than most people, but he's just he's got no traction in the league. He can't stay on the court. It's it, he's right. forgettable for a reason at this point, right. unfortunately. <laughs> but yeah. He was Duncan Robinson before oh, Duncan Robinson now. He's, he's white. He... I mean, that's where he's at now. Well, at eight, we got our next. No rebuttal. <laughs> no rebuttal no to that. And, Richard, in case you were not aware, Phil and I are Knicks fans. Okay, right? gotcha. So this, this pick means a lot. This, this pick, yeah, as sad as it may be. This pick means a lot for us. I would have loved to get Hayes here. And it hurts. I would have loved to get Hayes here. We need a point guard. But at the same time, with Hayes off the board, there's Halliburton, who I'm considering. But as much as I like Halliburton, I do think there's a ceiling for him being that playmaking guard, which is what we need right now. We need that guy who will be an offensive fulcrum. And I like Halliburton's potential in the league. I think he's going to stick. But I don't know if he's the guy for the Knicks at this spot. I'm taking Devin Vassell. I think that he is. I think he's the guy that – We'll plug up a lot of the holes the Knicks have right now. We're horrible on defense. Can't shoot the three ball. There's the complimentary pieces around RJ are just, they're not helping him. And I think he's a guy who has room to grow. He will grow. I, I like the mechanics on the jumper. I like the defensive, the, the defense is there for the most part, especially on the ball. He still has a ways to go with the handle, but I, I view dribbling ball handling as a thing that, I don't judge too harshly in college. I mean, how many of these dudes, unless you're a point guard, are elite ball handlers? That's just going to be something he has to work on. But I think the tools are there for him to be a big-time 3-and-D player in the wing. And at eight, I think he's a guy who could step in and help us in the next two to three years win games. So I'm taking Vassell. Yeah, yeah he has some low-key shot creation yep. chops. And people sometimes overlook that or just say it's small. You know, we've only seen such a small sample size, but – like we said before, like these wings, they're going to improve in their dribbling. And that's like, you can't expect them to be playmaking wings from the get go in college. Yeah. And a lot of hey, players. Richard, do you, do you... Oh, sorry. No, you're good. You're good. Yeah. A lot of players in college, though, like, I mean, unless you are the point guard, you don't get to even show what you got, like, as a ball handler. Like, Bam Adebayo, I yeah. remember watching him and I tricked, I completely overthought this. There was a few plays in a couple games where he brought the ball up the floor. And he was making some plays, and I'm like, wow, this guy can dribble. But obviously, it's Kentucky. They really don't let their bigs do that. Uh, but in reality, like, that's just how college is. Is A lot of that stuff gets hidden. So 
uh, just to feed off uh, what y'all were saying earlier. But I like Vassell. He's he's a he's a really quality. He's probably the best defender in the class. I I have him pegged as a generational defender. Um, I do think he fits a winning team. No offense, a lot mm. more than like the Knicks. I think he does more for, like, if he was on the Wizards, he puts them into playoff status, right? The Knicks, he kind of puts from like, uh, what what was it like sixth worth, sixth fifth worst record to like, kind of maybe tenth. I don't know. It just doesn't move it as much, you know. Yeah, I, and I mean that I in the nicest it. way. <laughs> Yeah, right. when, when I'm the Knicks, yeah, yeah, <laughs> except, the that, that that is it though. I, you know, <laughs> the, the Knicks have been making short-term moves for as long as I finally seems like they're they're preaching a little bit of patience, and I, I do, I do, yeah, not to jinx it. It. I, I do think there is a ceiling with Vassell. He has all the physical tools. He has the, you know, the look of it in terms of his offensive game. I think he just has to kind of work on the craft a little bit. So. I get what you're saying. He is a guy that can come in and help a team, but I also like his potential more so than a guy like Halliburton, who I was considering here. Right. Yeah, and Mikal um, Bridges on the Suns, like you see his little impacts that he makes. I really feel like Vassell can do that on any team, but those small things can really make a difference. Although it's like takes him a year or two to figure it out. Yes. So we got Vassell at eight. Phil and I are pretty happy watching this draft, and we got. Washington at nine, playing. Richard, you're on the clock. So, man, this is hard. Uh, Patrick Williams is still there, correct? Yes. I think I'm going to go Patrick Williams. Mm-hmm. High, high play at upside. Uh, I really buy his defense, a team that desperately needs defense, uh, and just more creators in general. I think he's a good passer, uh, enough to create for others. I think Washington is also like one of the best, or at least Scott Brooks is one of the best player development coaches. So I, I love the fit for Interesting. All right. Honestly, Patrick Williams is a guy who I'm not a big Patrick. The Williams hype has fan. been big on him. He's really starting to gain steam. I honestly yeah. didn't didn't know he was even a prospect till a few <laughs> weeks ago, and I, I don't half the game didn't start a single game. Yeah, averaged I believe under ten points, and I'm not saying those are plenty of college players who they just. As we said earlier, their their skills got hidden in college. It's just crazy to see a guy really rise up the ranks like this. He's got the look of it. He's got the physicality. So he's an interesting player for sure. He's an interesting player for sure. I don't really have a strong opinion on him. Yeah, and that's part of the Florida State system too. Like they really hide a lot of their guys, like especially their forwards. Like Cabin Jelly last year was one of them. They he was their secret weapon, you know. Yeah. You're on the way i've just from what i've looked at he he definitely has like an nba body if kind of like draymond greenish i don't know how tall he's he's like six eight but he's definitely a big body that yeah so he's like a nice big body that can you know he's fast quick he's got quick feet but i don't know his offense seems a little um i don't know kind of anthony bennett draymond green like you know, a little, little clunky. Yeah, I mean, his shot is not fluid at all. Yeah, he'll be an interesting player, and so yeah, just yeah, little we'll things. See. You know, he's a guy that I think people are kind of banking on him, seeing some of that potential and just filling it. You know, because yeah, we haven't seen a ton, but for sure. So we got the tenth pick right now. The 
Phoenix Suns, I believe. Yes, the Phoenix Suns. And I'm going to go with another high riser. I'm going to take Kira Lewis. Seems pretty plain and simple with the way Phoenix is trying to run their game. Having him come off the bench or maybe halfway through the season, you start Ricky Rubio in the starting role. It just seems like a great addition to their very solid core right now. Kira Lewis, the speedster out of Bama. Richard, do you have a read on Lewis? Yeah, I mean, he's he's a nice two-way guard. Uh, I don't see a ton of upside with him. I see actually a pretty high floor, but, man, his speed is just so appealing. And he's a good shooter. Yeah. I think he's got three-level scoring ability. Um, I, I like him a lot. Yeah. And interesting, have you guys seen any tape where he's actually dunked the ball? I've yet to find it. Uh, you know, I've seen him do it a couple times. I saw it Every last time year more than this year. speeding through for a layup. Okay, all right. Interesting. Another Alabama guard out in the first round. But, yeah, Kira Lewis, we've seen these kind of guys be successful in the NBA. Speedsters. uh, Goes with that mentality. Dennis Schroeder, as today, I I see a little bit of him in the way he plays. His ability to kind of mince up defenses. So, Yeah. yeah, I like Kira Lewis a lot, for sure. I'm sitting here at 11 with the San Antonio Spurs. And I'm going to take a guy that – Sitting in the Alamo. I'm going to take a guy that I don't think is going to fall low on draft night. I'm not enamored with him, but I do think that he has talent to stick around the league and help teams for a while. I'm, I'm going to take Obi Toppin at this pick. I think that he – good value. Oh, wow. good value at this point. You forgot about him. Yes. <laughs> I think regard that, – that's something the Suns would say, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> or Washington. Or Washington. Oh, I forgot about him. But, yeah, I think <laughs> what, 22-23, which I don't love. I know people like to say, oh, it's not a big deal. I, he, I do think fella. it matters. I do think it matters that he's an older player. But at the same time, he has a talent that is distinguishable and is going to be a difference maker for the NBA from day one and for years to come. That's his ability to score. He's not just an interior scorer. He can extend. He's got a nice-looking jumper. He's explosive. I think the handle will continue to develop. Obviously, the defense is pretty bad. But, again, I think that for any organization to take in a guy who's talented, the Spurs are a great fit. The Spurs are a great fit to take a guy that needs a little bit of fine-tuning around the edges but has the has the talent to be a difference maker from day one. So, Obi Toppin at 11. I'm happy with that pick. Richard, what are the thoughts on Obi? Because yeah. <laughs> I remember last year, like before the draft <laughs> stuff really picked up during the college season. And correct me if I'm wrong. I remember seeing mocks, and this was during the college season when Dayton was killing it, one seed, all that. People were saying Obi's a, a top three pick. You know, I remember hearing that. But it seems like the stock has dropped as other stocks have risen. Right. Yeah, he – He's an intriguing one um, because his defense is the worst in the class uh, with no exaggeration. He is the best vertical athlete while also the worst horizontal athlete. Never seen something like that. Um, And then also you got the fact that uh, he really can't create for himself, but he's also the best off ball player. And he's got a really, I, I like his jump shot. He's hard. He's a really hard player to judge. And I do think he is one of the draft followers. Uh, admittedly, as a Mavs fan, I'm hoping that the Mavs trade up to get him because he would be perfect with Rick Carlisle. And Rick Carlisle has hidden some other bad defensive power forwards that you may know of. <laughs> uh, 
That's an interesting trade-up. I like that. Hopefully it happens. Yeah. Maybe for our sake, hopefully it does. Yeah, I think Obi's a guy that a team's going to fall in love with because scoring ability, I think right now, in terms of like where they are right now on November 15th, 2020, he might be the best scorer today, you know? But obviously yeah. the fact that he's older, the fact that the horizontal athleticism, the defense, those are all negatives. That's what's taken him down a notch. But in terms of his basketball ability, the dude's a player. So I think the Spurs will be happy with it. Right. And I'm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Phil, what do you have? What I've seen, they, a lot of people are just saying, just tiny thing. A lot of people are saying, like, the reason Obi is so horizontally, um, I guess, <laughs> stunted is just from the Dayton system of, like, his, able, his ability to be flexible and his hip flexors and stuff like that. And they think, some people think, like, he just needs to get in the league with, like, actual professionals as opposed to, like, the bums at Dayton, and he'll be, like, so much better. It's like, I, I really don't know if that's going to be the trick. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Seems like a little wishful thinking. He's a really good player, but yeah, we'll see how it translates to the NBA. Next on the clock, we have the Sacramento Sacco. Kings, Richard. The Sacramento Kings, they're such an interesting team. I have kind of an obsession with the Sacramento Kings and – all of their weird young players. What do they do here at twelve? Oh man, I got I got a take. I I I've been doing my mocks and I have every one of them. It happens. Uh, I wouldn't personally do this. I think it's a little bit risky to take this guy in the lottery. But um, defensively, I mean, he's a monster. I don't know if his offense develops a ton, but Pressure Sachua uh, from Memphis. Mm-hmm. That's who I'm going here. Oh, I, I've heard them oh, tied man. to him as well. Uh, I don't know. I think they might trade this pick. I feel like you can make that argument for every team we've done so far. I feel like half the teams are going to trade, but the defense, I, they need more defense. Like I don't really think that's a secret uh, and they need versatility as well. And he checks both those boxes. Yeah. I yeah, like, no, uh, I was trying to honestly, I yeah. yeah. Never does anything, but <laughs> so uh, I have my opinions. I'll, I'll be quiet. <laughs> Yeah, Phil's, Phil's not a Bagley believer, but Tim, I was never a, a never Bagley boy. <laughs> never part of the Bagley boy crew. Yeah, Precious is a dude who, again, I didn't watch a ton of him in college. I've been kind of digging up the film as of late. Seems like an energy guy from day one. Seems like a guy who will be able to scramble on defense and make some plays. Do you ever see him being able to knock a shot down, though? Because... He's a guy who shot okay from three, you know? He would, he would make threes here and there, like a three – he'd take a couple threes a game, make them sometimes. But it doesn't look too smooth. The free throw percentage is pretty poor, which is always a red flag, as you obviously know. I feel like everybody says that, the free throw percentage, you know, and <laughs> it makes sense. The mechanics, I think, are a little wonky. Do you ever think he'll be able to control uh, I think at best he's a spot-up shooter. I've seen him do a lot of stuff where he brings the ball up the floor, tries to do some step-backs and things like that. It's not pretty. Uh, <laughs> it's just not. Because um, a lot of times his misses are just rough. I think the biggest issue for him is shot selection more than the actual shot, though, because he gets ton- bad tunnel vision. You know, like he yeah. predetermines some of his moves. So, yeah. I don't know. He's, he's a hard one to figure out offensively. I think his defense keeps him in the, you know, in the league for a while, though. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good pick. Much argue on I think that. that's a good pick for kind of get somebody in there that's actually going to work yeah. hard every game. So we got the 13th pick. The 13th 
pick belongs to the New Orleans Pelicans, another interesting young team. Phil, you're on the clock. All right. Well, I don't know what exactly they're going to do. I've heard a lot of um, Lonzo moving, stuff like that. Either way, I think I'd still roll with Tyrese Maxey. I feel like regardless of how he ends up in his ceiling, he's always going to have the floor of being like a solid third or sixth man. I don't know how you guys gauge on that, but yeah. Yeah, Maxey's super weird to get to look at. I mean, I, I used to really not like him. I kind of always viewed him as an Austin Rivers type, even though I love Austin Rivers. But mm-hmm. <laughs> just yeah, Austin yeah. Rivers, <laughs> Austin Rivers, but a little bit shorter, where it's good athleticism, not great. The shot kind of works, but it kind of doesn't. He's not really point guard, but he's kind of undersized for a two. He's Small. a really weird player, yeah. but the stock's been dr- going Think based on that clutch workout, and now people are like, oh, Kentucky, he's got to be good. I don't know. Tyrese is an interesting guy for sure. He seems like a hard worker, seems like a good dude, but I don't know, Richard, what do you think about Tyrese Maxey? Because I'm really interested to see where he falls on draft day. Yeah, I, I'm i not as big on him, admittedly. Um, I, I really just don't know how much of a shooter he becomes in the league, and that's always a worry for a guard. Uh, at best, he's follows, you know, the Marcus Smart route, which would warrant this spot. Um, I actually don't think he's the biggest Kentucky riser. I, I actually think his uh, fellow teammate in SEC player of the year is. So uh, I wouldn't be opposed to Maxi this high. I personally see him going in the 20s. Um, I just feel like he's going to be one of those followers. Even though the Kentucky brand and everything definitely got helped uh, in the bubble, I feel yeah. like he could be one of those guys that slips on draft night just because it, he doesn't create a ton off of, after like two dribbles. If you shut him down, he's kind of done. And the, the shot, I mean, those are two kind of red flags for a guard. Yeah, yeah, and I completely forgot that Halliburton's still on the board, so I definitely would have taken him See, if, I, if I had personally, that. Personally, uh, I would still take uh, Maxi over Halliburton. I'm not, I'm not really? big on Halliburton at all. I'm not a big fan either, but I feel like at this point, someone's yeah, I mean, gonna. It would make sense to take a risk, right? Well, you put him in a backcourt with Lonzo. That's just just two Lonzos. That'll be a fun time. <laughs> well, you're stealing my thunder because at 14, I'm taking Halliburton. <laughs> ah, sneaky, sneaky. I've taken how again I don't think he's gonna fall this low but maybe because this draft is I'm sure gonna have a lot of surprises compared to other drafts so maybe he does fall I don't know but I think he's a really good fit yeah. here I don't love him like some other people love him too just because usually all about upside and potential when it comes to lottery picks and I think Halliburton does have a ceiling in terms of being an offensive fulcrum but I think he's a great fit for Boston a team that has their cornerstones figured out for the most part. I do think that they low-key have kind of a point guard void where Kemba is not getting any younger, and they don't have another player on the roster that could realistically play point guard. So I think he's a nice – Don't do Brad Wanamaker dirty. I'm sorry. I just am. I just am. But <laughs> – Apologize. He's not good, but apologize. I think Halliburton's a good fit for that team, a guy who can make shots, who's going to – fit right into that structure. I'm, I, I think that's a perfect player for Brad Stevens. Plays defense. Never going to be asked to be the, the number, presumably, because they have Tatum and Brown. So I think this would be a, a very nice spot for him, both for him and for the Celtics. Yeah, definitely. So, Richard, you wouldn't even take Halliburton here if you're Boston? I, I, I probably would. That's where he always ends up in my mocks. I just I, – there's a lot of flags for a guy hmm. who's so safe. I, 
I worry about his creation for himself. He's a great passer, of course, but he can't really drive. He doesn't – so the pick and roll is kind of mild. He does, cannot shoot off the dribble, uh, just simply can't. Uh, he's super strong for someone who's a defensive presence. I, I do have my concerns, uh, and the shot is the weirdest shot I think I've ever come across. Yeah. I, I've also come to notice from, like, his tape that he, his left hand is – like people really don't talk about that. It's it's pretty yeah. weak. He's consistently a two dribble with his left, and then he jumps or he picks it up and either passes it or does something weird. Yep. So it's kind of interesting to compare that to Killian's like right handedness yeah. lack argument. Yeah, I, I I get those things. I think that Boston's a nice spot for him, but I also am not in love with him as a prospect just because I think the upside is limited. So. Phil, you are. Oh no, I'm I'm bugging. Richard, you're on the clock. Oh yeah, <laughs> Richard, you have the Orlando Magic, a Magic oh, team yes. that a Magic <laughs> team that huge blow with the Jonathan Isaac injury really just kind of messes things up in terms of how they want to build for this upcoming season. in this draft at 15. So I I don't know if y'all knew this, but I'm also a Magic fan. I'm from Orlando originally. Uh, so oh, I you're not up, a Mavericks oh, okay. fan? I'm, I'm both. So I, I'm from Orlando. Okay, okay. I moved here when I was five to Dallas. Old, and this is a trait that I never shook. But I'm very indecisive, so I couldn't <laughs> make up my mind uh, on which team to choose. So I chose both. Um, so I, I'm ecstatic by the f- with the fact that uh, Cole Anthony is still there. So I'm taking him and running. I don't care about the intangibles, whatever. The, ma- the magic could easily negate every flaw of his with ease. Like he is perfect for what the, uh, the magic need. Yeah, agreed. I like that fit. I like that fit. I think Cole Anthony, I don't, I didn't love him when people were talking about him as a top. Now I kind of like him where people are saying like, oh, he's a late first round because he does have just immense talent with the ball in terms of, yeah, um, yep. you know, he, he, fit, he fits the NBA in that regard. Do you have questions about the Fultz fit or are you? No, no, I think it's Fultz? great. I, I I think it's a great fit. They play perfectly off of each other offensively. Like, Fultz can stick to his slashing and playmaking. Cole can be this just scoring. You know, that's his primary role. And he'd step in and be a starter day one. Uh, and, again, the defense, even if they trade Gordon, too, the – I mean, Steve Clipper – excuse me, Steve God on the defensive end, no matter who they have, that's going back to the Charlotte days and everything. I, I really trust that that would be the fit. And I – I've also felt like the Cole Anthony thing is kind of smoke. I never know what to believe that. I know everyone with Intel says it's not, but at the end of the day, like, I don't know, there's a lot of fake stuff that goes around. Um, and I, I probably could have chosen a lot better words than that, but uh, <laughs> I just, yeah. I feel like it's a move by an NBA team <laughs> to want him. Cause he's still number five on my board. Interesting. Wow. Five. Yeah, I mean, he's, I think wow. he's one of the top three talents. I wouldn't put him in my top three though, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. He's interesting. I was looking recently, because this is what I do with my time. I was looking at all the high school rankings from the last <laughs> few years, and I think he was like the second or third rated player in high school. Yeah, he was the guy. Just crazy stuff. So it always interests me to see guys' stock drop massively because, say, the one and done rule wasn't a thing, and Cole Anthony was coming out of high school. He's a top five pick easily. So it's, re- it very, it's very interesting to see guys like that and their stock plummeting. Yeah, just because they had a bad year in a situation that wasn't good with North Carolina. Let's just say how it is. That wasn't a wasn't a good team. It wasn't a good culture. I'm not saying Cole Anthony made it better, but 
I don't know if it's fair to judge a guy based off of 25 well, games and in he was situation. Hurt. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he was hurt. Especially since you look like at the draft. Guy. If you look at the draft when it was going to happen, and by the time Mox were coming around, Cole Anthony was still like – he was dropping, but to like the 7th to 10 range, you know? Yep. So it's just interesting yeah. how much the time grows. Some guys go in and him and I guess Obi and Tyrese fall out. I like that fit, though. I yeah, like that's that a good fit point. with Orlando. Phil, you're on the clock at 16 with Portland. Yeah, we got a few routes, actually. I do want to prioritize, you know, keeping the Blazers better and getting them a wing because I always thought of them as, like, kind of the New Day Clippers from 2013. Not in the way they play, but that they're always good teams, but they're consistently a wing or two away from being, like, a lot more competitive, making a difference in the playoffs. So with that, I thought of Naismith, but he's a little undersized. I thought about RJ as a backup guard, but I don't know. I like Fernie. I just have to roll with Sadiq Bay. Sadiq Bay, presumably filling out that small forward spot that Portland has just gaping been befuddled by yep. these last few years until they finally just said, screw it, let's just make Carmelo Anthony the guy. <laughs> Skinny Mellow, you mean? Yes, exactly. Richard, do you have any verdict on Sadiq Bey? He's a guy that... He's on Villanova. Villanova's a good team. But I feel like he's not yeah. a huge name that a lot of people really know the game of. Yeah, so he's a three... He's a classic three and D guy. I don't... He's like a textbook high floor because he's not... He made... He does all the simple stuff so well, but doesn't do anything advanced. Um... He doesn't do, uh, you know, like he's not going to make some crazy passes, but he's also not going to make a stupid pass. He doesn't force turnovers on defense, but he also doesn't gamble. Uh, and he can shoot over defenders with ease. I mean, he's 6'8", quick, high release. Um, it's, he's pretty intriguing. It, wouldn't, it would not shock me if he goes top 10 on draft night. Interesting. Kind of maybe a la DeAndre Hunter? Yeah, yeah, similar. Um, similar. I think of a Coral more as a DeAndre Hunter. That's just me. Well, I mean, Andre Hunter, interesting. I just think. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I thought you meant to Bay. I was like, whoa, whoa I don't know about that. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I just kind of think like DeAndre Hunter was on a good team where he did all the right things. He was kind of viewed as a winning player, and he yeah. kind of looked the part. Where I, I see some of that with Bay as well. Yeah, no, definitely. Sadiq Bay at sixteen of Portland. Can't can't fault it. I'm on the clock at 17, the Minnesota Timberwolves. So in this mock, Minnesota's already rolling with Anthony Edwards. At this pick, I think that we need some off-ball. I think that we need a guy who will be able to shoot, will be able to run around some screens for D'Angelo and Anthony, presumably if he turns into a reliable ball handler. I think that Andrew Neesmith is the man at this spot, a guy who lit up the nets with Vanderbilt. You know, the numbers are insane, and I think that he's going to be a really good shooter from day one. So I think he's actually another guy a team could fall in love with and maybe take earlier than we expect just because he's such a good shooter. I think this is a good pick for Minnesota, though. I'm taking Neesmith at 17, Minnesota Timberwolves. Yeah, I think Aaron Neesmith reminds me a lot of um, what Buddy Heald is right now. Like, he's going to be a great shooter, but that's pretty much – you're going to get okay defense, but his his calling card is going to be shooting. A lot of people had 
the reason Buddy Hill was so high was because they thought he was going to be this and then some, but he just turned out to kind of be like what he is now or what he was before. And so yeah. that kind of fits in with what Naismith can offer. Yeah, I'm not I'm not huge on Aaron Neesmith. I think um, I mean the the shooting numbers are crazy, but he also didn't play like crazy competition sample size. He never got a chance to like regress and show what he looked like when he had a bad shooting game. Uh, obviously, though, he is gonna sh- like the shooting is real. It's just not obviously fifty percent good or whatever his numbers were. Um, I do think that the big qu- the big concern for him is what do you do when his uh when his shot just isn't falling like what does he do and and i don't see a ton he's got heavy feet on defense i i I do have concerns about that yeah fair fair all fair things 18th overall pick it's your dallas mavericks richard so i don't know if you're happy with who's available but this is what they're dealing with yeah where did the Mavs turn here it's good uh so real quick before i pick uh, i know you trust deke bay uh at 16 it's going to be crazy because, I, I mean, I don't know if y'all saw this stuff today, but Jay Scrub is probably going to be the Portland pick, which is just absolutely crazy. Like, oh. that's an, it's going to trickle down to Dallas, obviously, where, like, they're going to get someone good. And I, I do think I'm getting good value here. Um, I think yeah. Josh Green is who I would go with. I'm absolutely enamored with him. I do think he kind of goes lower in real life. Um, but I would still, you know, take him this high. I, I love his mm-hmm. defense. Super athletic, high motor. Um, I know, uh, he, the jump shot is an improvement. It's a swing factor for him, but vision, I think he's the best midair passer I've ever seen. I don't know if y'all saw my tweet, but I called him a generational midair passer. Like the passes he makes, (laughs) like he never should be attempting. He's perfect at him. And it is the weirdest thing. (laughs) Yeah. Jalen Green seems super solid. Again, a guy I didn't watch a ton of live. I've been tuning into him on the YouTube, but I think he's a you, I think he's a guy who plugs in well off the ball because at the end of the day, the Dallas Mavericks and their with their draft, especially, they think about how they can work with Luca. So you think that's a good fit in terms yeah. of playing in that system with Luca and KP? Yep, I'm a huge fan of that fit. Um, he doesn't have to do much; he just cleans up for their shortcomings. Right, bring him along slowly and see if he does anything else. Yeah. Nice. So what's next? Brooklyn. Brooklyn is you, Phil. So I was interested in Josh Green with the pick, but I noticed that no one's picked up on Jalen Smith yet. I think maybe you guys don't have him as high, but I think Jalen Smith could be a very good addition to most teams in this range because he could be a pretty solid um, you know, defensive fulcrum while also offering offensive upside with his three shot if he ever works on it. So I think he'd be really good for the Nets because their four spot is, I mean, KD's there, but their bench is still kind of hollowy, especially if they make a trade for whatever happens. Who knows? So the pick is Jalen Smith. I like Jalen Smith a lot. When I watched him in college. He screamed NBA center to me. He's got the, He's got the length. He moves pretty well. The jumper looks really good. I don't even care what the number is. It just looks good mechanically to me. So I think it's a really good right. pick. I was definitely thinking about him with Miami next. So definitely a fan. Richard, you like Jalen yeah, Smith? He'd love I, that culture. So <laughs> I got Jalen Smith as a second round grade. I'm not huge on him. Uh, I just worry about wow. him putting it all together. That's my issue. I love the, the skill set on paper. Uh, I know he needs to add a ton of strength. Uh, like I said, though, I just worry about him just putting it all together is my issue. I do love the individual traits, 
Um, again, I think he kind of needs like the right team though. That's fair. Yeah, valid. Definitely a guy who I think will be, we'll see how he develops. And I think that fit's going to be huge for him because he's going to play a role, especially from the beginning. But another polarizing player, some, I saw some guy recently, I forget who it was, some Reddit dude. He had Jalen Smith in the top 10. Like people, uh, some people, <laughs> some people, uh, okay. <laughs> hey, I mean, you took him, you took him 19. It's not that far off, but. Uh, nine. That's <laughs> yeah, nine. It's a uh, big change. It's closer than a second. The difference round. between what, like Kira and. Okay, fair. It's close to top ten than really. to the second round. It is though, mathematically. Oh, to the second round, yeah. Okay, yeah. if you're doing it by first round, yeah. yes. Nineteen is closer to the top ten to the, than to the thirty-first pick. Is what I'm saying. So. All right, got you. <laughs> you're just right in the middle, but. I think that's a nice pick for Brooklyn, though, because. They're a win now team, so he might not even play this year, and I'll just kind of see how it goes. Yeah, Miami get tutelage from Jared Allen. Exactly, he's still there. Miami at twenty. <laughs> Fair point. Miami at twenty. I got two dudes on my radar right now. Two dudes that I think are incredibly boomer bust. I'm not going to name both. I'm just going to say who I take. I'm going to take. Gonna yeah, I'm going to hide him, and I'm going to say when the next guy gets taken. But this, the first Five dude I'm going to take, <laughs> with my, with this pick, 20th overall, Miami, I got them taking Alexei Pokushevsky. Wow. Is that how you pronounce his name? Dang, I Pokushevsky. forgot he was there. <laughs> I, uh, I've been waiting in the bank I, for Poku. This guy, uh, nobody even knows who he is unless you seeked him out. I mean, he's not being talked about, but... Another guy with tremendous upside in terms of skills. I mean, physically, he looks ridiculous. He's razor thin. People love to remind themselves of Porzingis and what he looked like. I don't know if he's that kind of player. I don't know if he's that, he's that kind of shooter. The wingspan isn't Porzingis-esque. Seven feet tall, seven feet wingspan. It's not the same measurable as a guy like Porzingis. But good feel for the game. Knows how to play. Honestly, he plays like a guard at his size. And if he ever does... I see him being a good running mate with Bam. So I yep. think this is a good value pick with Miami. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, seven-foot guards do not come around often. I feel like my 21st pick is going to be one of the guys, the other guy. Like, <laughs> I'm pretty confident. Uh, do you mind if I go ahead and, and choose? Yeah, Philly? Yep. Uh, I got Desmond Bain uh, over there from TCU. Who, not the guy. Uh, I like. I like Bain. Not the guy. Really? Okay, so it's not the, the guy. guy I was considering then. I, yeah, because uh, my assumption some... of the guy is still yeah. alive. <laughs> so uh, I'm obviously like. I mean, I've seen Desmond in my back. He's been in my backyard, you know, at TCU. Um, super nice guy. I've seen him since he was a sophomore. Taking huge steps forward. I think he's the best shooter in the draft. Philadelphia needs shooters. And uh, obviously, you know, he's got elite strength to make up for his wingspan. I, I think that's a perfect spot for him next to Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Was this a product of his 43 straight made threes? No. No. So actually, last year when I <laughs> – it was last year. I mean, I said whenever he declares, he's the best. Because uh, on my pinned tweet, so he did the NBA three-point shooting drill. It's just the stationary one. You take five at each, you know, of the five spots. It's 25 shots. Um, and I think he made 22 of them, like, which – is pretty rare for even like it was at the secondary combine, the pro basketball combine, but it doesn't really matter because it's the exact same thing. Uh, 
and even in the NBA, I think one other NBA combine, one guy did it last year. And I'm blanking on who it was. I'm, now I'm going to have to look this up. But, yeah, I mean, I, I love his shot. He almost had 50, 40, 90 as a junior. Um, I mean, all the numbers, you know, he's been incredible at TCU as a shooter. He's definitely a guy who I think is gaining more recognition recently. Phil, you're Yeah, fan, I think right? he goes lottery. Yeah. Which is my hot take. What was that? I, I said I think wow. he goes lottery. Yeah, I mean, his agent's the same one oh, as Cameron Johnson, who went 11th last year, so it wouldn't shock me. Oh, that's fair. Phoenix does a double yeah. <laughs> Phil, you're a Bane fan, right? I'm a big Desmond Bane yeah. fan. I really can't think of a comp specifically, but he is just a very good 3 and D prospect. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's the hardest guy to hate in the class. Like, <laughs> Yeah, Bane's definitely a good player. <laughs> So charming. 22, the Denver Nuggets. Phil, you're on the clock. All right. With with these Nuggets, I mean, there's three options right now from everything you've picked that kind of left <laughs> me with. I like Tyrell Terry. I think that's who Nate's guy was. I don't know if he'll ever <laughs> say. Um, Theo Maladon is known as just being like a very solid floor general. I don't think he's the flashy pick, but he might be the right one for the Nuggets because they need some kind of solid background you know, young guy that can give you that veteran presence on the court. And then I also like Balmaro. That's like my favorite pick out of the bunch. So I really didn't expect two out of these guys to be here. I thought I was going to be stuck with Theo. Uh, I'll roll with Balmaro. Good pick. Um, you know, that's, that's a pure swing at upside. And, and with, uh, and, and that was Utah, correct? I'm not, Denver. I'm not off on this. Denver. Denver. I'm sorry. Denver, sorry, sorry, got my Mountain same, West team. Same so. thing. No, Matt. Denver, both of them, yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> it's it fits both. Just going Mountain I was going to say it was pretty accurate on both anyways. Like, he's not coming over right away. It saves them some short-term money, but both those teams, right. I mean, like, Denver's so good at player development, especially in their great at drafting the late first. Like, I, I fully think that would be, like, one of his best spots. Yeah. Nathan, can you answer my question now? Was also, I think it was that was who I thought it you was. You didn't even name him. He hasn't been named. Wow. <laughs> At this wow. point, he's okay. not going to get taken. I thought for sure it was Terry or Bain. <laughs> I'm thinking about taking him here, but... Is it Riller? Oh, you just a Riller man, man? It's Riller. No, it's not. It's just not. <laughs> I wonder... <It's> Riller. <laughs> I'll have the Knicks take him, all right? <laughs> no, I got the Knicks. I have full control on this one. You have the Knicks. You have the Knicks. <laughs> um, all right. Utah. Utah Jazz. Very similar situation to Denver. Obviously, they have some of their – some holes that Denver doesn't. We don't really know what's going on with Gobert. So, I do think there's somewhat of an interesting idea that Jazz – the Jazz actually take a big man here. But I don't see any big man that really entice me at this spot. So, I'm going to go with a running mate for Donovan Mitchell because the Jazz have struggled for years making open shots. I mean, we saw Donovan just absolutely carry them in the playoffs. And Jordan Clarkson was nice for them, but he's obviously not the long-term answer. So I'm going to go with Tyrell Terry at this pick. Good pick. Good pick. Yeah, I like that. I'm a big Tyrell Terry guy. Also, again, if there was a team to develop him, like, Utah's so good at it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Although the Knicks did just scoop up one of their best development they got, coaches. They got the Do biggest coaching staff I've ever seen. I mean, every single day I see. You mean big weight-wise or just big in a large amount of them? Because they are a <laughs> <Both>. healthy bunch. <laughs> Both. 
Fair enough. But yeah, I think Terry See, will be a nice fit with man. the Jazz for sure. So I hate that you drove. Man, I thought Terry was the obvious pick. Now I have seven guys that I'm choosing between. I with Milwaukee, man. I I got. I don't know what to do. Like, do they go next to fitting next to Giannis? Do they try and swing for the fences? And like, I don't know how to approach it because there's literally like six dudes, seven dudes. So I'm just going to go best player available, probably highest ceiling. Uh, I'm going to go with RJ Hampton. Interesting. Oh, who uh, I'm not, okay. I'm not high on him personally, mean, but man, if, I mean, if, if Milwaukee hits on him and especially cause they're in a spot where they need to hit, if Giannis leaves, eh, it's not a bad, uh, not a bad consolation prize. Yeah, it's also risky. I don't have RJ Hampton that high either, but I definitely expect him to go somewhere in the twenties. Yep. Yeah, I, I think he might earlier go lottery. in the twenties at least. Again, like I don't think he should. Yeah, but ups- it's an upside league. Like I have him actually exactly at right. twenty four, so this is like good value for me. But like I wouldn't take him in the lottery if I was drafting. Yeah, I expected Nate to take him with Miami, but he loves that poker. Yeah, that was a good spot. But yeah, I like <laughs> RJ Hampton is a weird player because he played in the NBL, so it's kind of hard to. Similar to James, right away. yeah, similar to James Wiseman, but not obviously yeah. the same player. It's just we just don't have a lot of meaningful basketball to really gauge from. So, but the talent is there. He was another super highly ranked high school player. RJ. So, and yeah, the Bucks are in a position where they should probably be going potential because I don't know if a guy is available at this point that you're going to be able to series and have him win games next year, which is what they really need. So. Solid value pick for sure. Yeah, I think RJ was the best combo of like future and it's still some kind of guard they can essentially tell their blood so at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll piss Giannis off where he'll be like, dang, they really just took some random bomb or some <laughs> development guy. So Phil, you have the Oklahoma City Thunder who this as well. Who will have two picks. You heard the news. Yes. So so but we're sitting at twenty five right now, Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah, so kind of I, – I really feel like they're just going to take a swing for the fences. They really need a forward, but, like, Isaiah Stewart is definitely, like, a late late 20s, 30, you know, maybe second-round guy. So I'd probably have to just swing for the fences and roll with Jaden McDaniels. Great I'm pick. not personally really high on that, him. That was my guy. People that love was my guy. Wow. Okay. That, that, was, that was your guy? It kind of makes that sense with Miami, though. Guy. It makes sense with Miami. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what I was thinking. I, I thought either McDaniels or Poku, like two guys wow. that like, nobody really knows what's going on. But yeah, I like that with the Thunder. I love I'm that. I'm not a big McDaniels guy. Wow. I just think he's like Wiggins. Yeah. <laughs> Can you yeah, give us a little I, bit of a player profile, Richard? Yeah, so he's outstanding defender, super skinny, really long. Uh, the defensive upside is easily the biggest appeal. He has really good handles. Um, kind of like, a, I mean, there's a good amount of players like this. He has all the tools to be successful. The jump shot's weird, but he still shot 34% from three. Uh, it's all about putting it together because he has every tool to be really, really good. Uh, and also, this is like a perfect Thunder pick, a, a skinny, lanky, versatile forward that is defensive-minded. So <laughs> this continues to fit the bill. Uh, but I really like his yeah. upside. It's a pure swing of the fences. At the worst, you get a defensive specialist. I've heard he's a hard worker, so that could be also a big plus. Um, I don't know really what to make of him either. I've watched a ton, and I still don't get it. Shea, Lou, Dorton, Jaden could be a dangerous defensive wow. trio. Huh. And, ba- and Baisley. Oh, you're right, yeah. God, that would be wild. <laughs> that would, Yeah, that would be just anarchy. So, OKC takes McDaniels. The next pick, I believe, in Boston. 
Boston. Mm. I was thinking McDaniels for Boston. I really was. <laughs> they're in a weird, they're in a weird yeah. spot here. Yeah, you wanted to do your little surprise. <laughs> I did. I wanted, <laughs> I wanted to be that guy. I'd be like, oh, you guys can get him. But so I already kind of figured out the point guard thing earlier in the draft. At this point, I was kind of looking for talent. Honestly, who do I think has a chance to develop yep. in the next few years and help me win playoff games? And I'm taking a player that Joel knows I love him. I'm I'm interested to hear what you think, Richard. I'm taking uh, Daniel Oturu. Uh, oh, <laughs> I like it. I like it. I could. I like I, you've been waiting. You've I been could, waiting almost a full year to do this. Could wait till thirty, but I don't want to lose out on him, and I'm gonna be really freaking pissed off if he gets taken in between my picks. I was thinking Isaiah Stewart, but I just got Robert Williams. Do I really need two of those guys? Two of those super athlete motor guys? <laughs> I'm give me the bucket getter. Give me Daniel Oturu. Maybe I can develop in, into more of a defender. Another dude similar to Obi Toppin, where straight out the gates, the dude's a baller. He knows how to put the ball in the hoop. He's just a really good player. I think there's some questions with the feel, but again, a really good situation in Boston to help him with some of that stuff. They're not going to be expecting a ton out of him from day one, but I do think he can, can contribute in some areas as well. So I think it's a good pick for Boston here. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I, I, this is my, one of my absolute favorite stats in the draft. Like you said, really weak feel for the game. He looks lost a lot. But that gives me hope because he averaged 20 and 11 and had no idea what he was doing. Like, think about what he's going to do when he knows what he's doing. And the only <laughs> other players that are high major, I think there's one miss in this entire list. So in the last 11 years, uh, I, I purposely expanded it to 11 to include Blake Griffin. But uh, <laughs> in the last 11 years, there's only been, I think, five guys to average 20 and 11 in a high major, which are Alan Williams, who was the miss, DeAndre Aiden, Dan Oturu, uh, technically, if we want to expand this to non-high majors, Pascal Siakam, and then Blake Griffin. Like, it's a it's an unbelievable list. And I think I said Aiden in there, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a crazy list. I think if he hits, like, he's current DeAndre Aiden, which is a good player. Yeah, I think you're definitely right. He didn't stumble into 20 and 11 on the season. <laughs> yeah, like, it doesn't just happen. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was a stacked conference in the Big Ten. The team was meh. He didn't have a ton of shooting around him. He's getting double teamed. Yep. Again, he turned the ball over too much, but the talent is there. I think he has a nice stroke. I see him being a mid-30s percent from from long range in the NBA. I just think he's a really good player. And at the end of the first round, again, I'm looking for a dude who might be able to help me win playoff games in the next few years. And I think that's the guy, regardless of position. So I'm happy with that pick. Yep. No, and – Kind of to transition into the Knicks pick, which I'm very scared to mess this up because there's literally three guys that I'm equally high on every single one of them. Uh, Like, this part of the draft is so interchangeable, too. Like, the fact that we each had so many guys before we even got McDaniels, like, speaks volumes Yeah. to just how deep this class is. Like, in terms of, you know, not necessarily high deep, but um, are y'all ready for me to absolutely be hated by y'all? Perspective. All right. Kind of. I'm not taking like Robert Riller. Woodard I'm not or taking something? Riller, in, which hurts me um, because I, I'm really high on this guy. Even though Riller is higher than the two guys, this is the lowest of the three I'm considering. Um, I'm taking Emmanuel quickly from Kentucky. Uh, oh, no, I so, like it. I, I, I okay, like you. Cool, so I'm good. <laughs> so, I mean, 40% from three, 90% from the line. The shot needs to get better looking. It's still not smooth, and he's still produced like that. Um I really think he's the guy who Kentucky hit him a ton. He played small forward, even though he was a point guard in high school. Um, he's not going to blow you away as a playmaker, but he's very capable. 
Uh, next to RJ Barrett, I think you need someone like that, and he's long. I think he's going to be average defensively. He just he's a high floor guy, um, and I think he's a consistent rotation player for ten years. Yeah, no, I'm a big quickly guy. I love the um, the combine stuff they did where him and yep. Nora were like the top two in um, what was it? Condition mm-hmm. threes. I don't know what the actual yeah it was like moving. Was, but yep. that just really indicates yeah it really indicates like game speed like you're able to stop yep. pick up the ball and just you know if you can shoot what was it like 75 yeah, percent like that's that's, that's yep. dynamic yeah quickly no Maybe. i got no problems I, I i like i like quick qualms i like quickly qualms there's personally i would love if the next guy to two were there but obviously i just took them so oh <laughs> man i'd be happy quickly i'd be happy for you. <laughs> quickly is a guy i'd love for them to get in the second round if you know all of the guys that we already named are taken, but yeah, I I think the jumper is good. I I love the fact he's a ninety plus percent free throw shooter. I think those guys always kind of figure it out from beyond the arc. Um, yeah. I have some question marks about his size because I just don't know. Yeah, I mean right. you and you might have a better grip on it because I've just seen him at Kentucky. I haven't really watched him in high school, so. Is he going to be able to be off guard when he's, what, 6'2", 6'3"? Yeah. Because, I mean, how many of those guys are now? Right. No, it is definitely a challenge. Uh, I think he's perfect. He's much better off ball, um, but he is capable of being, like, he can run a nice pick and roll kind of thing, you know, and it's yeah, kind yeah. of as needed. And the length helps, too. He's 6'3", six, 6'4", six, with a 6'8", wingspan. Yeah. It's never a bad thing. So, I, I think he has ways to make up for it. Obviously, on offense, the wingspan doesn't matter as much, but um, – I think he'll be just fine as a ball handler. Yeah. Yeah, especially when – I mean, the Knicks are going to need a true point guard. But in the case they're in right now, RJ is going to be able to take over that kind of secondary facilitator. Yeah, role. and that's that's partially why I wanted Riller too. I mean, Riller was – it was hard for me to pass him up. Um, but because Riller is almost perfect, I just – I don't know. I really like quickly as an off-ball player too, which you need. Cool. That'd be a cool pick. Yeah. A lot of a lot of Kentucky blue in the in in the Knicks Knicks organization, but can't hate on it. <laughs> twenty Kenny Payne's got a twenty eighth twenty eighth overall. So that pick now belongs to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Phil, you're picking for the Thunder again, building off that McDaniel selection. Where do you go here? Yeah, I I think I don't know if the Thunder will go. I know they're definitely going to do one kind of like swing for the fences yep. thing, which they did with McDaniel's. So I was kind of waiting to do that here, but I was like, eh, I think it's gonna it's gonna sour before I get the chance. So I might roll with some more of the forwards available or the centers. Like Zeke Nanaji is interesting, especially if they get rid of Stephen Adams, although he's kind of frail, and who knows what it's gonna roll with that. I like Isaiah Stewart. I like Robert Woodard. He would be really good. But I think I might roll with Jamie as Ramsey. I think he's just a great shooter, and he'd be a really good compliment to Shea. Hey, and if there's a spot for him to develop, because he's a risky player. I mean, like, he's got one of the worst fields for the game in the class. Like, if there was a spot for him to develop, right. OKC has the history of overcoming that. Jamie Ramsey. Yeah, guy. I'm shocked you didn't go Riller. Sorry. Sorry. No, you're good. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, no, it's definitely a thought, but I don't know. I feel like he won't be able to work as well with Shea as opposed to someone who's just like a dead-eye shooter, or at least leftover dead-eye shooters. Yeah, Ramsey looks the part definitely, especially when he 
ball, and he gets into a nice rhythm. I just don't know what is his, and again, like we're talking 28th pick, so, you know, if they miss, they miss. It's not the end of the world. But, Richard, how do you view him offensively long-term? Like, is do you think he can be an elite catch-and-shoot guy? Do you think he could be a microwave off the bench? Do you think he could do more and maybe even be an initiator of an offense? Because when I watched him in college, he always – sometimes I would see a guy that was like, oh, wow, this, this looks like a lottery-type selection just – based on his look, based on the jumper. But he also kind of faded out of games, I felt. The free throw But I don't know. He's a weird player to get a grip on. Their idea because you yeah. got into the film. but Yeah, he – so on defense, I have no hope for him. Um, I mean, he bites on – he's so far away. Mm-hmm. He's He doesn't have the craziest, longest wingspan. You know, people thought he had like a 6'10", 6'11 wingspan. It's He's 6'3", 6'4", with a 6'6 wingspan. Uh, and he bites on literally every single fake. Um, so I'm not hopeful there. I think offensively he'd be a good catch-and-shoot guy. I do worry a little bit about free throw percentage, but that just might be a mental thing because that's simply what it is for a lot of guys. Um, but like the jump shot is clean, yeah. you know. So that would have to be his best role as an off-ball catch-and-shoot guy because he still needs to develop his left-hand ability to get to the rim, finish there, everything like that. Yeah, valid. I think it's, again, a solid pick for OKC, though, especially following up on McDaniel's selection. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I assume one of you guys are going to take I – re- I forgot we didn't take this person, so I assume one of you will scoop him up. We'll see because right, oh, no. right now <laughs> – That's a lot of pressure for me not to. Right now I'm on the clock with <laughs> – Maybe you guys aren't high on him. It's possible. Toronto Raptors at 29. And for this pick, I'm using the exact same logic I used for the Boston Celtics, where who am I selecting at the end of the first round that maybe can develop into a player that can help me win playoff games two or three years down the road, even this year? I don't know. But just looking for the best basketball player, essentially. I'm taking Elijah Hughes out of Syracuse. Oh, my God. I'm hurt. <laughs> I think oh. – Wow. I, I think he has great size. You know, he's just one of those in-between players. I see some Kyle Anderson there, but I think he has more offensive potential because his jumper is so much smoother. Defensively, we'll see. But again, that's I think it's a good opportunity in Toronto because that's a great situation with a great infrastructure, great staff. Logic, he's, he's just a he's just a really like just a that. really good player. Hughes jumped off the screen and Richard I'll I'll hand it over to you it seems like you have a lot to say about Hughes I'm so sour (laughs) right now so he's my 12th wow like I'm all in on that was who I almost took at the Knicks it was he was the hardest one for me to pass up uh especially being a New York guy man I I'm all in on him he has one flaw uh which is that he played in the Syracuse defense which even then he was so good defensively like his instincts are crazy uh, you know, he doesn't have crazy long arms. I think it's like plus one wingspan. Uh, everything else, I mean, he can shoot from anywhere. He's, he ran the offense a lot. Like, I just, I think people are straight up missing on this guy. Like, like you said, you're high on him. Um, and man, Toronto, that is literally, he will be, a, he will, I don't want to say it, but he will be very, very good uh, if he ends up in Toronto. Yeah. I, he will be loved so by the, the Raptor system. Yeah, A-plus. I think they'd be, <laughs> like, what's I his think name was? probably some bias with the H here. You know, people... People see 22 yeah. years of age yep. and they're just like, they get scared, you know, when, and I do think that that stuff matters. I, I said that about OB, like, I think it matters and should be dismissed, but the dude can play and he's better than a lot of guys that I think people are projecting at the end of the lottery just because they're a couple years younger. So there's definitely a bias going on there, I believe, because 
he's a really good player. Every time I watched Syracuse last year, he was the best player on the floor. 30th pick, we have the Boston Celtics. Beantown, baby. All right, I'll take yep. I'll, t- I'll take the guy. I'll take Grant Roller. Um, I mean, even if they don't need him at yeah, this point. there you go. Uh, he's too good to pass up. Yeah, and I <laughs> felt like we had to put him in here. <laughs> yeah, definitely. He'll get some love. Yeah. Yeah, Grant Riller I watched zero games of. So I've, <laughs> I've been checking out the YouTube a little bit. What, is, what should I know going into this draft about Grant Riller? Yeah, Tell so explosive first He'll step. He'll be a perfect Kemba replacement. Yeah, yeah, he could he could definitely be a long – I mean, dude, even in three years, like he's ready to be – I think he'll be a starter in yeah, three yeah. years on that team. Mm. Um, but, I mean, the explosive first step, three-level score, uh, great athlete, long arms. He's, he's, a, he's an experienced player, high floor. Yeah, makes sense. Senior, so that's what I would think. Yeah. <laughs> whenever I see se- whenever whenever I see senior who's even going the NBA draft, that's that's usually what you think. All right, guys. So the, the first round is completed. The first round is completed. This is what it looks like. We got I'm not gonna say it all, but some of the interesting picks. Top three, we got Edwards, Wiseman, Okongwu, Lamelo going to Chicago, Hayes going to Detroit, Vassell going to the Knicks, Obi going to the Spurs. Tyrese to the Pelicans, Halliburton to the Celtics, Cole Anthony to the Magic, to the Heat, <laughs> Jaden McDaniels to the Thunder, Celtics get Oturu, and Riller. Knicks get quickly. Knicks scoop quickly. Yeah. Knicks scoop quickly. All right, so now that the first round is all said and done. Who are the players that didn't get taken? I mean, I think there's some guys we didn't take that will probably go first round. But, again, who knows? Guys like Isaiah Stewart. Woodard is another dude who has a high chance of going first round. But are there any kind of under-the-radar guys that will probably go in the second round that you think will look back in a couple years and say that should have been a first-round pick or whatever? You know, I'm not saying they have to be Nicole Jokic, (laughs) but just players who will be making an impact despite being second-round picks. Richard, who are the guys you would pin? As those type yeah, of players. Yeah, uh, so Theo Maldon, I think he went – he didn't get drafted, right? No, he yeah, right. Um, He's the biggest one that sticks out. I mean, maybe Isaiah Joe. Um, those are the two that I think really stick out for me as uh, not getting their name hurt. I have three players I want to throw out you throw – <laughs> at, throw out at you, Richard, being a draft junkie. And I just want you to give me quick – ideas of what you might think about them they interest me personally all right three names swipe right swipe left if you will (laughs) exactly okay Okay. and you'll see a common theme all right kind of big names in college that they're not projected too high all right Cassius Stanley Vernon Carey Yudoka Azubuki Azubuki however the hell you want to say it are you low are you high are they where they should be do you think they have any chance so uh Cassius Stanley if he can shoot, he'll be a first-round pick. If teams are sold, he'll be, he can shoot, he'll be a first-round pick. Because the defense is legit, even though, like, skinny and plus, I think only plus one, plus two wingspan, his feet are insane, and he's probably the best or second-best athlete in the draft. Um, I think that's going to be hard to pass up. He's got high upside as a, th- you know, athletic three and D cutter. Um, as a Buki, man, I, I know he tested unbelievably well and is also one of the best athletes, but um, – I don't know what he does in the NBA. Like he can't really guard the perimeter. He can't, I mean, offensively, he can't step out beyond five feet. 
Uh, I, I, there's yeah. a lot of worries. Like he thrived in college because he was just so much bigger than everybody. Uh, so I, I have legitimate worries about him. And then I think you said Vernon Carey was the third, right? Yep. So it makes no sense to me. Every time I do a mock, I leave him undrafted by accident. I have to go back and put him in because I don't think he is going to go undrafted. He was the most productive freshman. He averaged like 29 and 15 per 40 minutes. Like it's insane per minute how good he was. Even if he's post-oriented, he's lost 30 pounds. He's, I mean, he could potentially shoot. I think someone's going to take a chance on him. Uh, I have him in my mid-40s. It's just he is far and away the most old-school style big in this class. Yeah, it's so interesting because you see him, and it's like Jalil Okafor, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, Jalil, like Jalil Okafor. Yeah. Like, here he is. Like, we found Jalil Okafor. But, <laughs> five years la- but five years later, this guy is going in the second round sometimes I'm drafted, and Jalil Okafor went third overall. It's just very interesting to me yeah. how – thoughts of these players have changed i'm i have all of my big boards up from like various sites and it's funny on the ringer they have verdon carry and they give you player comps and they go shades of demarcus cousins on the warriors it's like okay that's not very that's not (laughs) i saw that yeah (laughs) it's like that's not what you want to (laughs) see like you might as well big and shades of tracy mcgrady on the knicks like okay i don't want that Bro, if you ever hear Tracy McGrady on the Knicks as a comparison, sell. <laughs> sell immediately. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But those are guys that just interest me. They're big on the college basketball scene, especially Kerry, because Kerry, I believe, was a top 10 recruit yep. as well. Yeah. So Him and Stewart both, and they didn't yeah. get taken. Yeah, interesting. Phil, do you have any second-round dudes? Yeah, I have um... – Jordan Noir, which you turned me on to, Nate. Uh, Love Noir. He's definitely a great shooter. He was right next to Quickly in almost all of like the combine shooting stats. I think he could be a really solid. I don't know how much more he could offer. He could definitely develop, but day one, he's giving you great shooting. And then I think Peyton Pritchard could really just stick around, just kind of low key. He's always going to be a backup somewhere, but he can do his job and you know do a good job of it. And then we didn't draft Jay Scrub, so people are going to be high on him. I. I'm kind of wish wash on him, but we'll see. Yeah, he's hard to buy into, but I mean, that Portland thing is absolutely crazy, and I fully believe it. Uh, I mean, that's it's yeah. wild. I, I do expect to hear him first round, which I never thought we would see a D2 prospect first round. Yeah, right. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. That is crazy. All right, guys. Well, thanks for thanks for mocking with us. Thanks for drafting with us. Before we close this out, Richard, you want to plug some of your stuff where you could find all of the content. I mean, you have your Twitter page, which is awesome. Always posting insight. I'm sure you'll be super active on draft yeah, as well. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's been a crazy week. Yeah. I've been doing uh, stuff on just the site, mavsdraft.com doing all the team by team uh, draft profiles are coming out and, you know, more scouting reports. So uh, there'll be a lot. My site will be hectic. Uh, yeah. That's pretty much the two places you can find me. Everything will be on my Twitter though. Cool. What's uh, that handle? At- at we'll definitely be checking right. that out. Right. I, that would probably help if I gave you a, tw- a Twitter handle. <laughs> <laughs> at at Draft for sure. Yeah, check it out. He's got some of the best draft analysis out there. Definitely. Great stuff. Definitely a, must, definitely a must follow. And for us, it's the Hoop Scoop Pod. My name is Nate with my pod pal, Phil. You can catch us on all platforms, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Anchor App. Catch us on YouTube, Hoop Scoop for all of our YouTube videos. All that good stuff. We just made a LaMelo Ball video. Got another video coming up in the next couple of weeks. So you know what it is. Follow us on Twitter, at Hoopscoopod. We'll catch you guys next time. Peace. Peace.